Welcome to Coffee Table Mythos. I'm Eliza. And I'm Leah. Grab your favorite beverage and let's talk myths. What you drinking today? I am trying a bang flavor called Birthday Cake Bash. I am assuming it's going to taste like Funfetti Cake. I was about to say Funfetti. Please tell me Funfetti. So here we go. It do. <laughs> That's good. It does. It, can I, can I taste it, it even kind of smells like it, but really? the taste is stronger. Mm. That's on point. On point. I'm having Rainbow Unicorn. Okay. So, any updates for this week? Um, we need to talk about what we're doing for the year anniversary. Yes, we have to do that. And then I think I put a note at the beginning of mine. Yeah, let's let's start with talking about the year anniversary. Okay. So, for the year anniversary, we want everyone to know... We will be doing, for the whole month of July, grab bags every single week. Chaos grab bags. Chaos. It doesn't matter, like, which mythology out in the world that it is from. Grab bags. So if anybody has any suggestions for the month of July, we've already received a few via, like, Reddit. But we are still open for more because if there's two of us, And five weeks. Yep, five Saturdays. That's ten different mythological beings or creatures from things other than Greek, Norse, Celtic, or Japanese. So, please, please, please give us suggestions. We'd love to hear from you via Instagram or Gmail or Facebook, whichever way you see fit. Even Reddit. Like, I will take Reddit. I will take Discord. Please. Anyway, on top of that... Happy Pride Month from the United States of America. (laughs) I don't know how it is in other countries, if it's like worldwide, but for here, it is Pride Month in the month of June. Yep. And I am ecstatic. Everything's rainbow, everything's wonderful. I love it. Alrighty, so behind us in the room we record is a ceiling to almost the floor mirror. And when we first started the podcast, one half of it is our dream board or like manifestation yeah Yeah. vision board that was the word i was looking for Mm -hmm. and the other half it has like episode number and then what we discussed like our two creature names and then it has check marks for if it's been recorded edited art in each stage of the art and then Mm -hmm. whether the episode in the art has been posted and when we started sometime Early on, like after only a couple episodes, we talked about it. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you know, the numbers, we have it running all the way down to 26. And it was like, oh my gosh, can you imagine even doing 26 episodes? And we are currently recording... Episode 50. Episode 50. And it's just crazy because back then it was like, oh, we're never going to get that far. Now we're almost twice as much. Almost to a year. Yeah. Two more episodes and we'll be double. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. We haven't been writing on that anymore because we're actually out of space. So I just (laughs) keep it tracked on my phone in like a notes app. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And there's still so much to cover. I don't feel like we've covered nearly as much as you'd think in 50 episodes. Right. You know, we haven't covered the major gods yet. Most of them anyway. Most of them anyway. Yeah. (laughs) But... That was actually option two. For the year anniversary. Yeah. The reason we chose the year anniversary celebration we did was so that every year we could do that. Mm -hmm. And so we can actually go and explore other mythologies to see 
where when we're out of things for the ones we're covering, we can go next. So it kind of helps us spread out our branches a little bit and see what resonates. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So this week is Greek and I chose to do mine on the sea god, Triton. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you laughing? Because we already did the art for this week before we finished recording. So just to give some backstory, (laughs) we were watching the movie Alexander the Great well, Alexander revisited. Revisit. Well, it was the revisited version, so it was like way too extended for my liking. It's the one with Angelina Jolie and all those people in it. It was so long. So oh my long. gosh! So while we're watching this slash not watching, we're just like more like listening. I was researching this topic, doing all this art to like catch up, all sorts of things. So you knocked out so much art. We I did. knocked out so much art. We did. You were like just doing watercolor on the side while like listening. You're like, did that just? yes oh my gosh like it is definitely a greek drama we would get to a very long battle scene and i would just start fast forwarding through it and then i was upset because of the poor elephants in the one scene and eliza's like no elephants were harmed in the making of this video and she was like but humans were though i was like oh my god Because you can see all, like, the blood and guts and gore happening because it's just a very graphic film. So you're just like... (laughs) So many men died. But the elephants are okay. The the elephants are okay. So, Triton, the sea god. He is the son of Poseidon and Amphitrite, the sea goddess or wife of Poseidon, per Hesiod's Theogony. He is the ruler or possessor of the depths of the sea, whom either is dreadful or mighty via Hesiod's epithet. Okay. Alright. He dwells with his parents in underwater golden palaces. With penises. That was not (laughs) identified in the study. (laughs) There's gonna be a lot of Little Mermaid references, guys. If anybody that's watched Little Mermaid does not know, in the original VHS version of Disney's Little Mermaid, there was... There were phallic symbols in the towers in of the, the towers palace. of the palace, so that had to be like fixed later. Fixed later, because people caught on, and all of us caught on. <laughs> all of us. Did. But anyway, <laughs> oh my God, I can't with you. Sorry, it's, not sorry. <laughs> it's, it's been identified that Poseidon's golden palace is located at the um, Aegae on Phoboe via Homer's Iliad. I hope I said that right. I probably did not. I am very, very sorry. Looks-wise, Triton is usually depicted as half fish on the lower half of his body and half human on the upper part of his body. So he's a merman. Merman. In later times, he was identified with possessing a conch shell he would blow to calm or raise the waves. That's cool. He was also known as a trumpeter or bugler to Oceanus and Poseidon. Hmm. It produced such a loud, discordant mixture of sounds... That it would cause giants to flee, thinking the sound to be that of a dark, wild beast. Was, like, coming for him? Yeah. The original Greek triton only sometimes bore a trident. <laughs> it's like a tongue twister. In Achaeus's Medea fragment, triton carries a trident. According to Ovid, 
Triton is sea-hued with his shoulders barnacled with seashells, describing Triton as cerulean in color with green hair, as well as describing a steed Triton rode also being cerulean. Now, I forgot about the barnacle part. I was going to say, so we did do <laughs> those colors. We did cerulean and, and green. green, but the barnacles were not there. They're that not didn't present. happen. That did not happen. <laughs> it's it's my depiction and I'm sorry they're they're not there. Neither are seashells. I do not have any seashells on him. It's okay. So he's just less crusty. He's a lot less crusty and he has like seaweed that holds his trident, trident across his shoulder. So there's also a Libyan lake god named Triton, encountered by the Argonauts. However, in some references, they are separate deities with different parentage. For example, Poseidon's still the father, but Europa was the mother. So in the Argonaut saga, he is first disguised as Eurypylus before revealing his divine nature. He welcomes the Argonauts with a guest gift of a clod of earth, this clod of earth represented a pledge that the Greeks would be granted the land of Serene Libya in the future. This is a jar of dirt. If you don't want it, give it back. back. Oh, I want the trout. <laughs> <laughs> then it helps. <laughs> okay, so Triton guided the Argo back to the Mediterranean and out of the lake. That's what he did once he revealed himself to be Triton. In Virgil's Aenid... Triton killed Mycenaeus, son of Aeolus, by drowning him after he challenged the gods to play, specifically the trumpet, as well as he did. So did he compete, win, and then drown him? Or was he just like the gall of this guy and immediately drown him? I don't think I went too far into that. Okay, that's fair. Heracles and Triton are depicted wrestling in a lot of Greek art, but there is no surviving literature to tell the story. My story actually has a reference to Heracles, too. Oh, really? Yeah, strange. He's everywhere. Anyways, some examples of the same motif are titled Nereus, or Old Man of the Sea, which the struggle between Nereus and Heracles is found in literature, found in Bibliotheca by Pseudo-Apollodorus. Nereus is frequently depicted as a half-fish-like being, and in some examples of the motif, Nereus is merely a spectator as Heracles and Triton wrestle. This time with a voyeur. I mean, if you looked at the picture that I drew. A twink of the sea. <laughs> oh my god, I can't. <laughs> we behave ourselves. We mean no disrespect. <laughs> Triton had a daughter named Pallas and was foster parent to goddess Athena via Bibliotheca by Pseudo-Apollodorus. Athena bears the epithet Tritogenea, which means Triton-born. Although suggestive that she is Triton's daughter, it is also explained via Athena's birth from Zeus's head taking place at the river of Triton, or Lake Tritonus. So he's kind of like a godfather. Basically. He also had a daughter named Tritea. At some point in Greco-Roman period, Tritons were a generic term for mermen. Like, all mermen were Tritons. Oh, that's interesting. So it's theorized that this occurred by the 6th century BC. Groups of Tritons were seen depicted in Greek art beginning in 4th century BC. For example, the works by Greek sculptor Scopas. So did it say if it also included, was it just mermen or did it also include mermaids? I don't know. I was just reading what it said about the Tritons. In later Greek periods into Roman period, Tritons were depicted as 
ichthyocentaurs, which means mermen with a horse's forelegs in place of arms. Oh, that's that's not a cute look. No. The earliest example is in 2nd century BC, and there are also versions where instead of horse legs, they have clawed digits. For example, lion paws. Does it make sense? No. What on earth? Or with lower extremities, like a lobster or crayfish. So I read this book series not too long ago, like within the last year, where the mermaids... They weren't just all, like, the same fish part. Mm -hmm. So, like, depending on what nationality their upper half was, depended on what their lower half was. So, like, one girl that was from colder water, her lower half was, like, an orca. That's pretty cool. And then I think one was, like, the bottom half was, like, a koi fish. And it was actually really cool because they showed the art on the covers. Aww. In Renaissance literature, he is described as the messenger of the god Poseidon, riding on the backs of creatures to quickly carry messages to all the parts of Poseidon's domain. One of the most famous fountains in Rome depicts Triton. It is called Fontana del Tritone. I probably totally butchered that. (laughs) Sculpted in 1643, it's still standing in Piazza Barberini. Triton also appears in the 1963 film Jason and the Argonauts, when the Argo is threatened by clashing rocks and Triton emerges and holds the sides apart so the Argo can pass. That was nice of him. Then you have King Triton and Disney's Little Mermaid. There are many universities, colleges, high schools, and businesses that use Triton as their mascot. The largest moon of the planet Neptune has been named Triton, A family of large sea snails, the shells of some of which have been used as trumpets since antiquity, are also known as tritons. Oh. Yeah, it's all new cool stuff. It is also associated with modern industry with tough, hard-wearing machines. For example, the Ford Triton engine and a Mitsubishi Triton pickup truck. And that is what I have on Triton. That is interesting. Like, there was a lot of stuff in there I hadn't heard before. Same. It was very informative. I went to various different sites and they all pretty much said the same things. So I was like, okay, this is good. Do you see that? That is some ridiculousness. (laughs) I was looking to see if, because it is just saying mermen. It's not saying like mermen and merwomen. But you know how like some languages will use the male form to include everything? Yeah, like eos. My dudes. Yeah. All y'all that happen to have. She's a dude. We're all dudes. Dude. Dude. (laughs) Oh my gosh, dude. (laughs) When you were talking about Nereus, I think Mm -hmm. it is, it was making me wonder if that's like the one that's related to the Nereids. Possible. Very possible. I also did not look too far into that one either. (laughs) No, that's probably its whole own episode. Yeah, there's like, there's some things that I don't go into if I think that they're going to be possibly part of a different episode. For example, if I ever just cover Heracles... Because, you know, I covered Pegasus, I've covered centaurs. I've covered some of the monsters he fought. Yeah, but we haven't actually covered Heracles himself yet. So, eventually I want to touch on him. So I'm not going too far deep into that rabbit hole, because there seems to be just so fucking much on Heracles. It's ridiculous. So much. Yeah. Yep, that's Triton, all right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I knew a kid, because I'm from... Southern California is where I was raised. And I remember one summer at surf camp, because that's a thing that I did. There was this little boy. This one time at band camp. This one time at band camp, except it's surf camp. 
there was this little boy named Triton. He was like this little little kid. I was like, dang, that is a name. You don't just call a kid that. Oh my gosh, he's got to be like really bullied. <laughs> I don't know if he'd be bullied being called Triton. I don't know. Just because it's not common. You're not wrong. I've had that experience even with the very common name. With that being said, we will be right back after this little commercial break. And we're back. What are you doing this week? So this week, I'm talking about Eris. And again, the art is already done for this. So it was like, okay, gotta gotta write up my stuff because I definitely am doing her since I did the art. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously, it's my interpretation of it because there's not too much on her description. Hmm. But her name is Eris, though sometimes she's called Discordia depending on the literature. Ooh. She's the goddess of discord, chaos, rivalry, contention, and strife. You said that with a lot of, like... Hashtag goals. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is the sound that I got from that voice. Though sometimes she is depicted as the personification of strife rather than a full goddess. Interesting. And what this means is that there were groups of emotions, qualities, morality, etc. that were personified into Daimona, and they didn't usually have myths about them or followers. Hmm. But a few became popular enough that they gained myths, and then a subgroup of those also gained cult followers. Oh, shit. So, for example, Eros, the personification of love, is a diamond. But he ended up with both mythology and a cult following. Mm. Whereas Jairus is the diamond of old age and has little reference to his existence. Hmm. So she is either the daughter of Nyx alone, according to Hesiod, or Zeus and Hera, according to Homer, or Nyx and Erebus, according to the Hyginus preface. Sorry, I'm having... (laughs) A time. Sinus issues today. (laughs) Okay, so yesterday I had to take off work to take the Dova to the vet for her yearly annual visit. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually left too early because she was so excited to get in the car. But I guess at some point she realized where we were going and she like poofed out all her hair. Like she like stress molted in the car. So my allergies were like going batshit crazy. And so they take her inside and I get a phone call from the vet and he's like, you know, how's she doing at home? Does she have any behavioral issues? And I'm like, no. And he was like, she has been absolutely wonderful in here. And then he was asking me about her diet and he was like, okay, what you're doing sounds good. She's actually lost a pound since last year. Which is crazy because she gets plenty of treats. She gets so many treats, it's not even funny. <laughs> and she lies to us about it. So sometimes we'll be like, did you get this treat today? And she's like, no. And then we talk to each other later on. And it's like, yeah, I gave her one right after our walk or something. And it's like, how could you not tell me the truth? Because <laughs> she wants another one. <laughs> well, right. So he said that she's doing good and her coat looks good and her weight's good and all that jazz. And then we drove home and the car, because she poofed off so much fur, there was a vortex of fur in the car. And my shirt, which was purple when I got into the vehicle, 
was now striped because of how much fur was on it. Oh my gosh. But she's doing good. She got all her shots. I don't know why I was talking about that. I don't either. I was just kind of waiting oh, for Oh, because of the allergies. So oh, like, okay. <laughs> I'm not sick, but I'm having, like, allergy issues recently. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to blame Dova. Well, you also washed her yesterday. I did. She smells like patchouli and lemongrass. Patchouli! My mom got us this special dog-friendly soap bar. Yeah, when she went to the ocean at the beginning of May. And Dova is not a fan of water, so... She doesn't get baths that often. And yesterday I was like, you know what? We're just going to get everything out of the way. So she got her vet appointment. She got her shots. She got brushed. She got her like Grinch toes trimmed because she got like real, real furry between the toe pads. And then she got washed and she shunned me for a while. (laughs) For a while. (laughs) But she is now clean. (laughs) And she still smells like patchouli. <laughs> she smells good. Patchouli's not my favorite smell, but it works with the lemongrass. It's very strong. But I was glad that I didn't have a reaction to the lemongrass because my middle sister's actually allergic to it. And I was like, well, I guess we'll find out if I am. Oh my gosh. YOLO. How was at work when this all happened? <laughs> Can you imagine? You come home and I'm like <laughs> dead in the bathtub. <laughs> and Dova's like trying to get out of it. I'd be so mad. (laughs) So bad. So bad. Anyway. (laughs) Terrible. So that's why my voice sounds the way it does. So Eris, she would ride into war alongside Ares and her son Strife because she was like, she was so associated with war. And it said that even after the other gods left the fields, she would stay there because she reveled in the misery. And that she would make their moans more intense of the dying people. So she's got a strong personality, we'll say. Mm. Her other children, according to Hesiod, because some versions say she only has the one, are Lethe, which means forgetfulness, Ponos, which means toil, Dystomia, which means lawlessness, Ati, hey, ruin. Horkos, oaths, the Algia, pains, the Makai, battles, the Ismene, fightings, the Phony, murders. Murder paws! <laughs> I just want murder mittens! <laughs> Can you tell them what murder mittens are? So there was this TikTok of this big cat animal, and that's what well, I am. Except in human form. I am a big cat stuck in the body of a human, unfortunately. <laughs> and I just I just want murder mittens, which are the big cat paws that can kill a bitch with one swipe. You are also allergic to cats, which is why we don't have one. But there is a cat that keeps coming to our door, and I feed it. Which is why it comes to the door. Which is why it keeps coming to the door. I just want murder mittens. <laughs> so... Continuing the children, the Nikea quarrels, Androctasia manslaughters, the Pseudologoi lies, and the Amphilogias disputes. In Hesiod's Works and Days, he states, Beware of all the fifth days of the months, for they are harsh and angry. 
It was on the 5th, they say, that the Irenes assisted at the bearing of Horcos, whom Eris bore to be a plague on those who take false oaths. Damn. So if you broke an oath, Horcus is the one that would come after you. So Eris has two main stories that she's known for her involvement in, and then like smaller stories. The first is her involvement in the beginning of the Trojan War. Bum, bum, bum. And if you blink, you miss the reference. This version of the story is kind of a parallel to Sleeping Beauty. Eris was the only Olympian that wasn't invited to the wedding of Peleus and Thetis because of her tendency to cause strife. Deeply offended, Eris dropped the golden apple of discord at the party. Upon the apple were the words, to the fairest one. At which point, Hera, Athena, and Aphrodite began fighting over who the apple should go to. So Zeus appointed Paris, prince of Troy. Bribes and promises were given, and eventually, Paris chose Aphrodite, which led to the Trojan War. Mm. Content warning for this next chunk of story. Sexual abuse in this one. So the second story is of Polytechnos and Aiden. These two lovers claimed aloud for anyone to hear that they loved each other more than Hera and Zeus did. Oh, that's not good. And though it may have been true, it is never wise to boast such things. Hera took offense to this and sent Eris to lay down their punishment. Eris found them hard at work. Aiden was weaving and Polytechnus was making a chariot board. In other versions, they were making embroidery in a chair. Eris nudged them into a competition. The loser would have to give the other a female servant. The competition, who could finish their job first? Aiden won the challenge with Hera's help, and Polytechnus was furious. So Polytechnus went to Aiden's father and pretended that Aiden wanted to see her sister, Tilladonis. The girl left with her brother-in-law. On his way home, he raped the sister, dressed her in slaves' clothing, and demanded that she not speak and then he gave her to her sister as a prize slave. Chilodonis was silent while near her sister, but when she believed that she was alone, she lamented out loud about her fate. Aiden heard her, and the two conspired to get revenge on Polytechnus. They decided to murder his son, Itis, and cook him, and then feed him to the father. That's disgusting. Yeah. Oh, no. Give me a second. That did not go down very well for me, but mm. please continue. So, Aiden and her sister fled back to their father's home, and Polytechnus gave chase. When he arrived, the men in their family bound him, covered him in honey, and left him for the bugs to eat. Ugh. At which point, Aiden felt pity for her husband and wanted him freed. Her family turned on her for her weakness. They were on the verge of killing her when Zeus intervened. In typical Zeus fashion, he turned Polytechnus into a pelican, her brother into a whoop, her sister into a swallow, her father into a sea eagle, and herself into a nightingale. Birds. Mm -hmm. Side note, there's another tale where Aiden gets turned into a nightingale, 
but in it, she's envious of the wife of her husband's brother because the wife has six sons and six daughters. She decides to kill one of her nephews and accidentally kills her own son. So Aiden's racked with grief and Zeus takes pity on her, turning her into a nightingale to ease her pain. And this is why the nightingale's song sounds as though she is lamenting. So those are like the big stories of Eris. And then there's even a story of Heracles that mentions her. He was walking along one day and came across an apple in his path. He decided to smash it with his club, but instead of it smashing, it doubled in size. He attempted again, but it just kept getting bigger. Eventually, Athena comes to him and says, don't be surprised. This thing that has you so confused is Aporia and Eris, meaning contention and strife. If you leave it be, it stays small. Hmm. But if you mess with it, it only grows. Oh. That's the second story that had apples. Yeah, that's why I'm like, what is it with Eris and apples? I don't know. I didn't see anything that mentioned the connection. She's mentioned throughout other works in passing as her name was synonymous with strife, just like in this story with Heracles. Homer mentions her at least seven times in regards to battles in the Iliad. In 1963, a holy book called the Principia Discordia was published by Greg Hill with Carrie Wendell Thornley under pseudonyms. Wow. I'm not going to say the pseudonyms. They were hard enough for me to say off recording. So (laughs) if you're interested, just look it up. In it, they established the religion Discordianism. The principles of Discordianism are that order and disorder are merely illusions imposed on the universe and that neither is more true than the other. It has been compared to other absurdist religions, and people have even wondered if this should be considered a true religion or a parody religion. And I couldn't find many modern things that she was in, so most recently, I would say she's in the animated movie Sinbad from 2003. With Brad Pitt. If you thought she was attractive, you're definitely gay now. (laughs) (laughs) And that is Eris, the goddess of strife and chaos. So there's still crazy stuff going on in the world right now. And sometimes watching the news can be really depressing. So it was reminding me the other day how there's a difference from watching something at a theater, like play theater, versus watching something in the movies. And I remember seeing a post a couple years ago, it was on Pinterest, but I don't think, it was probably originally from Tumblr or something. Okay. I can't remember for sure. And it said, the reason that they do the curtain call in plays is because people would be genuinely worried about the people in the plays, having, like, if they were killed or hurt or anything like that. So they started doing the curtain calls to show this was just a play. Mm Mm-hmm everyone's fine. And there wasn't really a comparative thing for movies because at the end of the movie, it was just the credits. And that's where the gag reels came in. It gave you that same feeling of, oh, this is not real. Everyone's okay. So I was thinking maybe we could do something along those lines of, (laughs) and here's some good news after we talk about all this drama that happens in the mythology world. 
So... And what did you think of calling it? So, here's something to brighten the mood. Can I just say I'm, like, really excited about my clothes? I've been wearing the same pairs of jeans. I want to say it's been, like, eight to ten months. But these ones were, like, cheaper feeling material from Target. Don't know if everybody has Target wherever they're from listening to this, but I got them on sale. And it was, like, during a back-to-school special thing. (laughs) Right? And it was finally to that point where it's, like, I have a lady body, so... When you've got thunder thighs that could, like, squash melons, they do touch when they walk. So (laughs) it was getting to that point where I needed new pants. And for the first time in forever, I was like, maybe I should try men's Levi's and see if, one, their pockets are better. Their pockets are better. And two, if the quality feels better of the material. After today, I can say with full confidence, both are accurate. I can't even explain how much better these pockets are. (laughs) Leah's just shaking her head. Eliza has a pretty, like, large cell phone. And it can go all the way in the pocket and you don't see any sticking out the top. So it's just anyone who's had to wear women's pants and knows knows the struggle of having your phone sticking out of the pocket. If you even decide to put your phone in that. It's so aggravating. At work, I carry around a backpack. So I don't have to put my phone in my pockets because my pockets are so small on the women's Levi jeans. Right. And now I have the men's and I'm like, I don't have to have that problem anymore. I could literally just take my phone with me if I wanted to. And then we got more shirts. I can't even say, like, I haven't had new clothes in, it feels like, years. And you got your shorts. I got my shorts. Which you haven't had shorts in a very long time. No, I have not. I have not had shorts in a long time. So I was living in California back in 2018. And then Leah and I drove from California to Maryland September of 2018. And at that time, I was fairly thin in comparison to what I look like now. Malnourished. Leah has to literally take me by the face and be like, you were malnourished. Stop beating yourself up. Like, I've got muscle. I will admit this. Would you say that I am a fit individual? Yeah. I say you're a fit individual a lot. (laughs) Right. So, I've got thighs, and I've got butt, and I've got biceps, (laughs) because I do the things with the weights, and the struggle is real. (laughs) So, it's nice. I can almost cry. I'm happy. (laughs) I've got food, I've got clothes, and I've got a job. I'm a happy person. All good things. All good things. I wish only happiness for all those that are listening. May you all find pockets that are as good as men's pockets. Yes. That can fit all the things inside the pockets. I don't think I'm ever going to go back to women's pants. That's fair. Like, I don't see myself in the near future. Unless some fashion designer makes pants of the same quality and pocket size. It's not happening. It's not happening. Cheaper, too. Just saying. I had noticed because we weren't looking at women's today, so. I know what the women's Levi's cost, and it is at least like 20 more dollars than what we spent today. Well, the ones that you got were supposed to be 20 more dollars, but they were already on sale. Mm-hmm. Had to do a little bit of mommy shopping today. Well, we did Couponing. Do... Yeah, we did. But I'm just saying like they're usually a little more expensive than the men's. Just doesn't make any sense to me. But I digress. 
I just wanted to say how excited I am about clothes. <laughs> What's brightening your mood? So my brighten the mood is my middle sister is graduating from nursing school this week. Yay! And it's been a bit of a haul, like a long haul. Yeah. But it's been years. Well, nursing school does take years. Yeah, but it does take years. It feels like there's been a lot of challenges and roadblocks along the way for her getting to where she's at now. True. And there were issues because of the panorama and Mm -hmm. having to do clinicals, which are supposed to be in person. It was like a whole thing. So she's finally graduating and we are super excited for her. So that's my something to brighten the mood. Congratulations. Congratulations. Good job. So are we ready for this? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Oh, can I talk about one of the meads that I have? Because I, like, tried another one of the mead flavors. Sure. I'm not gonna, like, I'm not drinking the mead right now. But even though we're drinking Bang, I have been trying the different mead flavors I got from Groenfell Meadery. Mm-hmm. So, this week I want to talk about the Nordic Farmhouse flavor. It is, I think it's pronounced Saison style mead with cranberries. It's fucking delicious. And what I realized is at the bottom of each of these cans, it says, over wisdom brings misery for this specific pack. Each pack has a different saying. I fucking love it. (laughs) Yeah, it was really funny because you realize that by accident. Like, she ran into the room after having, like, the second or third trial one. Yeah. And she was like... The bottoms are like Snapple lids. They have different (laughs) sayings on them. I was so ecstatic. And then I found out that they had apparently, like, I was on their YouTube site. They have a YouTube channel for Groenfell Meadery. It has, like, the woman that owns the meadery and the meat. I think it's a mead maker. So I thought it was pretty cool. Anyway, they were talking about how back in, like, before, essentially, they were worried about going out of business. And then they decided to start selling online. And... Great decision, apparently. Yeah, because it basically saved their their meadery. And I'm really ecstatic because I finally got to freaking try it. And it is delicious. I like the cranberry version. It basically tastes like a... It's, it's more of a tart than a sweet, but still damn good. I can't wait for the one I talk about next week. Good shit. Good shit. So you had two somethings to brighten the mood. I did. Just wanted to talk about it. All right. And we're going to roll into reminders, everybody. Make sure to check out our art for this week's entities on our Instagram at Coffee Table Mythos. If you want to share any art of your own of these beings, make sure to use our hashtag Coffee Table Mythos so that we and our followers can check them out. As always, if you have any stories or requests, please email us at coffeetablemythos at gmail.com. And remember to mention if you want a shout out of a name or handle, or if you'd like to remain anonymous. You can also find us on our Facebook page, Coffee Table Mythos, where you can message us as well. Check out our merch on Teespring at teespring.com store slash coffee dash table dash mythos. We are adding more listings as we research more beings and make more art. If you would like to donate to us, you can on anchor.fm slash coffee-table-mythos slash support. For right now, all donations will go to making this podcast better. Thank you so much for listening. Please give us a like, follow, subscribe, share, and review our podcast if you have the time. If you're interested in what you have to say, please, please send us suggestions for the month of July. We beg of you. 
This is Coffee Table Mythos. We'll catch you next time.